0: we we'll get started here today. I'm so glad to see you all here. I want to say right from the get-go, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Your tireless work uh, does not go unnoticed. For some of you, you are in the midst of the physical work, especially if you have littles. But as we know, if you have grown kids, the emotional work probably never stops. And so, um, moms, we acknowledge your work. And we're so thankful for you and the role that you play in your biological family, but also the role that you play in this spiritual family. That's the church. And we're going to actually talk a lot about that today. So this morning, um, just by way of disclaimer, I need to do just a little bit more kind of like straight teaching than I would normally do in a sermon. Um, I'm drawing some big biblical connections together in light of our text. Uh, Let me back up. So if you're new here today, we are in a series through the book of Exodus. And we're doing a mini-series within Exodus focused um, strictly on the Ten Commandments. Okay, so this morning we're talking about commandment number five in the midst of our series. And I know sometimes uh, I I can do this. Um, Someone like me is up front, and it's easy to space off. And I get that, and I do that too. Um, But I just fear if you space off this morning, you're going to miss some important stuff. So don't ever space off. Don't, like, embrace the space off. But, like, if there's any Sunday, I fear that you'll miss some important things this morning. So I'm just asking you, like, just stay with me. Stay with me. We're going to walk through a lot of Bible, and we're going to draw some big biblical connections, okay? So, um, yeah, disclaimer over. Let's look at Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 12. And it is Mother's Day, and we did not plan this, okay? (laughs) I think the Holy Spirit must have planned it. Um, Honor your father and mother. This is commandment number five. Honor your father and mother, comma, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother, That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So let's review how we, like a good starting point in any time we're trying to interpret the Bible. We always want to start with who's the first audience? Who's the original audience? And how did this land on them before we try to apply it to us in Madison 2018, right? You guys heard me harp on that. I just want you to hear it again. It's a big deal when you read your Bible if you want to really understand it. So when this first audience, ancient Israelites, come through the Red Sea, Mount Sinai, the law of God, we're not in the promised land yet, but the land stuff is in the text, we're looking at it, that your days may be, like it's coming, future, that your days may be long in the land. So so they're heading that direction. When they heard this fifth commandment, what were they thinking? Why would this command have been a big deal to them? So we've got to climb into their world to their world first, to think about how it applies to our world. And so for us to climb into their world, we have to do something. We have to understand their history. Because your history is your context. Your history creates who you are. So, who were these people in Exodus chapter 20 that received this word for the first time? And why would commandment number five have been so meaningful to them? So hang with me. We got to put some pieces together biblically for this to land on us with the appropriate biblical weight. All right, all right. So first big idea. First big idea I want to lay out. First plant. Uh, first flag we want to plant in the ground is this. In the Old Testament, not as much in the New Testament, but especially in the Old Testament, biological family was a really big deal. Okay. In the Old Testament, biological family was a really big deal. Now, why would I say that? Let me support this with some key texts of Scripture. First page of your Bible, you'll find this. Genesis 1, 28. And God blessed them, meaning he smiled upon them. He loved them. He said, you are mine. You are my people. You are my treasured possession. That's that's all just a way of saying, I'm blessing you. This is good. You are good. Our relationship is good. And then so he gave him something to do in light of this blessing. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the command, what's the command? The command is make babies. Make babies, right? Lots and lots of babies so that you what? Fill the earth. That's a lot of babies, right? Matt and Stephanie, good job. We got a new baby. Right? Well, man, this is beautiful. This is so beautiful. Genesis 1 and 2, so beautiful. But the tragedy comes in chapter 3. We got a beautiful family, and Cain and Abel are born, and sin comes into the picture, and sin screws everything up. Such that the first kids, from the parents that first heard this command, what happens? They mur- Cain murders his brother, Abel. So you've got this beauty and this tragedy all at the same time. Biological family, hugely beautiful, hugely important, but so screwed up by sin. Just screwed up by sin. Murderous. It's horrific. But we've got some good news. God doesn't give up on his people. He doesn't give up on his people. He doesn't give up on Genesis 128. Be fruitful and multiply. And so what he does many years later, is come to this guy named Abram. And he comes to Abram, and he says a lot of things to him, but mainly he says to him this, Abram, I am choosing you, you especially, just you, okay? And you're flawed, and you're imperfect, but I'm God, and I'm just going to place my sovereign love on you. And guess what, Abram, I'm going to use you. I'm choosing you to do what? To build a new biological family. Adam and Eve's family, Disaster, But I'm starting a new family with you, Abram. You can go home and read it, Genesis chapter 12. So here's what I'm, I'm going to do with you, Abram. I'm going I'm to enable you to make a bunch of babies. And those babies are going to have more babies, more babies, and 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 more babies. And guess what? Eventually it's going to be this biological family that encompasses a whole nation, A nation of people that's one big biological family. And he says, a people of my own special possession. And here's the deal. It's not just biological family, big, huge nation as an end in itself. No, y'all are going to have a purpose. You're going to have, to use the terms that we use, a mission, right? Your biological family, Abram, these babies that start with you and all the millions of biological grandkids are going to come from you that will be your family— This nation, the purpose or mission is what? It's this, Genesis 12, 3, to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And what does that mean? It means that the whole world is going to look, Abram, at your biological family in this land that I'm going to give you, that our original audience, they're on the way to get there. They're not there yet, but they're getting to this land. So, Abram, I promised it, Exodus 20, they're— enacting it. They're in in the process of going about it. I'm going to give them a land. Your biological family that's going to be huge is going to have a place, a geographical place that I'm going to give them. And here's what's going to happen. Here's the mission from that place. All the other places of the world, all the other nations of the world are going to look at this one place with my people, in my place, with my presence with them. And they're going to go, wow! Wow! Look at how these people live. It's beautiful. Look at how they live. Man, their God must be amazing. This Yahweh we've heard of, just based on the the, the lives of these people that live in this land, man, we gotta pay attention to their God. And God says to Abram, that's gonna be, I'm promising you, Abram, that's gonna happen. It's gonna all start with you. It's gonna take a while, but it's starting with you. And Abram looks at God and he says, whoa, 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 time out. God, how could you miss this? My wife, haven't you noticed? She's way too old to have kids. Like this is not going to happen. And God just says, you need to watch me work. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And his promise comes to pass. God's promises always come to pass. Here's the point thus far. That biological family with a mission for the rest of the world many centuries later is is the biological family of Exodus 20 verse 12. Okay? So the big point of context is the biological family of Abram has a mission to love God and love others such that they shine like the sun to the rest of the world and that light will draw the nations to God. That was the plan. So can you begin to feel why Old Testament, in the Old Testament, biological family is such a big deal? Because it's all wrapped up in their mission. It's all wrapped up in their mission. So now you can see why Genesis, Exodus, uh, sorry, Exodus 20, 12 is such a big deal. Look at it again. Honor your father and your mother, comma, that, so that, or because, it's all kind of the same thought, So that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is in the process of giving you, would be how to interpret that. So, how does honor your father and mother fit in with all this that I've just laid out? Well, because it's connected to the mission. It's connected to the mission that God has given his Old Testament people. See that connection? It's just, it's spelled out. It's a little bit mysterious, but see if you can see it right in the text. Honor your father and mother. Okay, why? Okay, it's about to tell us why. That, that what? That your days may be long in the land. Now, see that there? Well, why is the land a big deal? What's the land got to do with me honoring my Mother and father, see your days being long in the land is just another way of saying honor your mother and, mother and father, so that this mission that I've given you to dwell in this place with my presence to be a, a, a light to the nations doesn't get screwed up. See if, I, if 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 kids are not willing to listen, you see how the the the. Mess, uh, that that biological family could get really screwed up. And if the biological family screwed up, the mission screwed up, starting to to feel that? So there's, there's this connection right from the text between honoring father and mother and this mission that God has given his people to be a light to the nations. See, honoring father and mother is going to maintain health in relationships, right? Honoring equates to health. In relationships. What does that imply? Well, it implies that my parents are actually teaching me something, and I'm going to honor them by listening. I'm going to show you this in a second. But here's the whole—here's kind of what's at stake. If I can't—from an Old Testament perspective, if I can't pass on to my biological kids the truth of God, such that they listen, receive, cherish it, honor what I say, then how is God's mission— See the language of land? You're going you're to live in this land to be a mission to the whole world. How is God's mission going to continue in the world generation after generation after generation after generation if the honoring doesn't happen? If they're not listening to your instruction, right? So stop here for a second. A lot of you are thinking, so it's my job to change my kid's heart and make them Christians. No, that's not what we're saying. It is your job to instruct. That's another sermon for another day. But... But just understand, I just want you to get the context. The relationships between parents and kids in terms of instruction is huge as it relates to the mission that God has given to his Old Testament people. Okay? Starting to feel this? Now let me demonstrate this. Let me give you um, how this would have maybe actually played out in the life of an ancient Israelite that's hearing this for the first time. And... In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we have a text that shows us basically how God wants kids to honor parents and how that's connected to this mission that God has given them. How, How a kid could honor mom and dad by listening well for the sake of this mission to live long in the land. To live long in the land so we can be a light to the whole rest of the world. So that God can get glory and we can get joy. Okay, you feel that? See, so don't, here, here's, here's a challenge off script for a second. We can read the fifth commandment and just go, oh, it's just all about parenting. It's not just all about parenting. It's about how does parenting, especially in the Old Testament context, connect a mission. That's why you have this language of long in the land. Okay, this isn't just like about being nicey-nicey with mom and dad. It's never less than that, but it's a lot more than that. That's what I'm trying to show you this morning, okay? So let's climb into an ancient uh, ancient Israelite parental conversation, okay? And this just is spelled out in Deuteronomy chapter 6. God is coaching moms and dads how to disciple their kids, and then the command is, kids, as you're being discipled, honor your parents, okay? Check it out. This is, uh, it'll be on the screen, Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 20. It's so fascinating because it totally connects. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of these testimonies and statutes, things like the Ten Commandments, and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? So kids come to parents and say, man, we got all this stuff that God has told us we're supposed to be doing, and it's cool, but like, can you just tell me why? Like, Why we're supposed to do all this stuff? Like, Dad, why are you always having these conversations with me about God and, and who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to live? Verse 21, Then you shall say to your son or daughter, We got to talk history, kids. Kids, we got to talk history first. We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. That was our identity. That's who we used to be. Right? We're going to start with who we used to be. Our identity was enslaved. See that there? And the Lord, so then what happened? The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. So we were enslaved and then we got saved. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. So we were enslaved, and and kids, then he saved us, verse 23, and he brought us out from there that he might bring us in, and here it is, and give us the land, see it? That he swore to our fathers, meaning promise to Abraham, way, way back when, kids, we're living in, in the promise, the realization of the promise, kids. We used to be enslaved. God's promise, not thwarted. He saved us. Wow, that's amazing, kids, isn't it? Verse 24. so in light of you being enslaved and then being saved, kids, we are saved. That's our identity. In light of that, verse twenty-four, and the Lord commanded us now to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for all uh, for for our good ways, for our good always. Kids, these 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 statutes and 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 rules—it's not negative. It's for our good. It's for our blessing. That He might preserve us alive as we are to this day, because preservation of us connects to mission. He's preserving us so that we can be a light to the nations. And he's gonna get glory and we're gonna get joy. It's gonna be awesome. Verse 25, and it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Man, righteousness for us, that's a good thing, right? Man, that's a good thing, kids, right? So this is just the gospel in the Old Testament. You were enslaved, God saved you, now live like you get it. You were enslaved, God saved you, remember? Red Sea, remember? And now we're going to live a certain way. You're going to live like you understand that. This is just the good news from the perspective of the first audience. They didn't have Jesus yet. They don't have what we have. They didn't have a Bible like we have. They don't have all the, the revelation that's progressed to this point like we have. This, was the, this is gospel 101, Old Testament style. And God is just instructing dads and moms, here's what you do. When, you, when your kids, ask them about how they're supposed to live and why they're supposed to live a certain way. Preach the gospel to them as you know it. So l- l- let, me, let, me just, let me just give you an example. Let me just give you an—I ima- kind of already hinted at it, but let me give you an actual imaginary conversation between an Old Testament dad or mom and kids, okay? Okay, kids, you want to know— you guys get to listen in now. This is Old Testament, dad, two kids. Okay, kids, you want to know why we have all these instructions from God? Great question. Let's go back to the beginning of how God saved us. Let's start with our salvation first, our identity first, okay? Slaves in Egypt, bondage, Pharaoh, horror. God rescued us. And he didn't do it because we're so awesome. He did it because he just, we don't know why, but let this humble you kids. His sovereign mercy alone was just placed on us. He chose us. So let that humble you. It's not because you're so great. Don't get a big head, kids, okay? He loves us, and he wants to give us a mission. He's asking us to participate in his mission. So do you know, kids, that your identity is one who's been saved by God? You are saved by God. He did this for us. So now let's trust and treasure this God who saved us. That's our mission as God's people, kids. Our mission is to live like we trust him because he's our savior. Our mission is to model to the whole world what it looks like to love this great God. Our mission is to be who God says we already are. We've been saved by him. He loves us deeply. We're his treasured possession. So now, that's why we have this book of the law. Because he wants us to show the whole rest of the world how much we trust him, love him, listen to him, honor him by the way we live our lives. That's how this law that he's given us is supposed to function. That's why, kids, you always hear me instructing you in God's ways because God has given us a mission. Make his glory known to every inch of creation. That's the mission he gave way back to Abraham and now, kids, we're walking into the fulfillment of that right now to be a blessing to every nation in this world. We're enacting that, kids. But kids, listen to me. That's not going to come to pass unless we listen to our God. And you listen to God by listening to my instructions as your dad. My instruction of you is God's instruction for us. Insofar as I'm totally connected to God and I'm just saying what he says. So now, kids, can you see why this commandment that you honor mom and I and listen to us is such a big deal? If you don't trust my words, which are God's words, then then mission will break down. If you don't listen to me and honor me as I instruct you in God's ways, then it shows that we don't understand our salvation. If you don't listen to me and honor me as your dad, as I instruct you in God's ways, then it just shows that we've forgotten how amazing walking through the Red Sea was. If you don't listen to me and honor me as I instruct you in God's ways— then we can't fulfill this mission to the whole world that God has given us. The world will just look at us and our families and go, if your kids don't believe you and don't honor you and don't listen to you, then why should we believe you? So kids, you see why it's so important that you honor mom and I? Kids, let's review what this verse says. Honor your father and mother so that we can stay on mission. So that God can get glory among all nations and we get massive joy by participating with him in this process of knowing that we're saved. That's not what the verse says, but that's really what it means. Because that's what this land language is all about. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So kids, back to the imaginary conversation. Do you see now why it's so important to honor mom and I and listen to every word that we teach you and take it to heart and believe it? So this is why the fifth commandment is such a big deal for this first audience. It's all about the mission of God's people. You see that? Live long in the land as my city on a hill to the whole world. Just, this is as simple as I can break it down. If biological family, from an Old Testament perspective, if biological family breaks down, mission breaks down. That's what God is getting at here. So all that to say, all that is a backdrop. What the heck does this have to do with us, right? We're not the first audience, are we? And this wasn't written first to us, certain for us, but it wasn't written to us first. There's a lot of differences between Old Testament people and Madison, 2018, post cross, and resurrection. And that's a whole other sermon for another day as well. But the mission is the same in, in some sense. But in another sense, there's a ton of differences that I think change how we apply in the immediate nearest sense how we apply this commandment to our lives. And here's the first big difference. Here's the, 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 the second big flag I want to plant in the ground for you to get. When it comes to the mission of God's people, in the Old Testament, biological family, really big deal. I hope I've proven that to you. In the New Testament, though, we never have the command to make biological children. Not that it's a bad thing, but we just don't have the command in the same way. Jesus, single, no kids. Paul, wrote most of the New Testament. Single, no kids. We don't have a command to make biological babies as beautiful and as important and awesome as that is. And of course, the New Testament's not opposed to that. Of course not. But compared to the Old Testament, the New Testament does not emphasize this biology in the same way. Biology is still very important and good, but it's a secondary good. And please hear just because it's secondary doesn't mean it's bad, right? Sometimes we go, oh, secondary, that means horrible. No, 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 it just means secondary. Don't get carried away with secondary. Okay? What's primary is not biological babies. What is primary? What's primary, straight from Jesus' mouth, is to make spiritual babies and bring them on to maturity. Parent them to maturity. And that's just code language for discipleship. Draw a straight line to the mission of this church. Make disciples plant churches among neighbors and nations through declaration and demonstration. We don't have a command to make biology babies. Make biology babies? To make biological babies. We have a command to make spiritual babies. In the New Testament, we, we don't have a command to have huge biological families. We have a command to have, as much as the Holy Spirit would provide, huge spiritual families. Make disciples and build the church. And those spiritual children, just like we read in Deuteronomy 6, dad talking to kids, kids, listen, obey everything I'm saying. It's for our blessing. It's for righteousness. It's for our mission. In the exact same way, Jesus comes to his first spiritual family and says, here's the deal, go make spiritual babies. Go make disciples. And then what? Teach them everything and, and ask them to follow it. It's for, for their blessing. Make, spirit, make disciples and teach them to obey all that I've commanded. That's just what Jesus said to his first family, those first 12 disciples, his first spiritual family. So, to summarize, family is still a big deal in the New Testament. It's just that the definition of family is no longer centered on biological family coming from Abraham and a geographic location for that family to live in. That, that is no longer But rather, the definition of family is now emphasized as being spiritual, not biological. And that New Testament family is the church. Old Testament, Israel, and biology, big deal. New Testament, church, spiritual, big deal. We have a shift, okay? New Testament family is the church. All those who look to Jesus as their greatest trust in life and death and their greatest treasure such that all other values in this life pale in comparison to Jesus. That's the New Testament spiritual family called church. So what does honor your father and mother mean for us today? In light of this redefinition of primary family. Does this mean that we can just be jerks to our parents? No, that does not mean that. Kids, does this mean that you don't have to listen to mom and dad? Kids in the room? No, it doesn't mean that. Where are my kids in the room? I got a few here. All right, yep. It doesn't mean that. There's lots that the New Testament says about parenting, and that's, again, another sermon, another day. But here's the difference. For the Old Testament believer... Honoring your parents was connected to the mission of God as it related to geography, right? Live long in the land. We got we to maintain the land, right? But for the New Testament believer, we have a new emphasis. The emphasis is not on biology for the sake of a geographic place to live and be a witness. The emphasis is on a spiritual family, a family of disciples with Jesus as, at the center— with no geographic location, but the call is now to go, not come to one place. No, we're called to go out. Not not come to Israel, but go every nation, not one nation, Israel, all at the center. No, no, go out and make a bigger spiritual family of all nations. Go out and make spiritual babies, and there's no longer a geographic place to dwell from other than worldwide, these little pockets of buildings or gatherings or living rooms or underground church or whatever. It's the church, a spiritual family meeting. Biological family is downplayed, spiritual family is elevated. Now, is there any evidence for that? Yes, Jesus Himself shows us this. It'll be on the screen. Talking about a redefinition of family. This is Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother, so biological, his biological mother and his biological brothers stood outside, asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, this is the new primary family. Here are my mother and my brothers. Because here, here's how we're going to redefine family as primary. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever hears these words and honors them is my new family. You feel that? He's not saying that, he can, that we can be jerks to our biological family. But he's just saying there's primary now and there's secondary now. Okay? And primary now, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that's just another code language for church. Filled with the Spirit, governed by the Word. The new spiritual family of God, making spiritual children of disciples of all nations and and, and helping them, teaching them, pushing them on towards maturity by teaching them all that I've commanded. Remember, what was the point for the Old Testament command in the Old Testament family? The point was, relationships can't break down between biological family members. Kids have to listen to their authority figures. If they don't receive the teaching from authority figures, mom and dad, the whole mission's going to be broken, right? So what could that mean for us today? I think it means two things. In the new, New Testament spiritual family, that is the church, the new moms and dads, is number one, Jesus. The Bible says clearly that he is the authority in the church. Lots of different word pictures. He's the cornerstone. Like he's the one that sets the orientation for the whole rest of the building. He's the, the good shepherd. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4 calls him the chief shepherd. So the metaphor is he's the chief shepherd, and we are all his flock, his sheep. So, so the point is this. Um, in a New Testament sense, as it's connected to our mission, who's mom and dad? Jesus is. When it comes to new spiritual family that is church, biology downplayed, spiritual church emphasized. Who's the new mom and dad? The new mom and dad first is Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So our application is, first of all, honor Jesus. Honor Jesus. Kids, honor Jesus. Listen to him. Hear him. Because if we don't, we're not going to live long in the land. If we don't, the mission, it will be broken. you got to have ears to hear. If your heart is hard, no mission. Right? But secondly, I think a second application is that God has given other authority figures, like mom and dad in the Old Testament sense, In the new spiritual family that is the church, God has placed himself as Jesus over the church, but he's also placed what he calls under-shepherds. There's the chief shepherd, and then there's under-shepherds. The Bible calls these elders, okay, or overseers. And so I think a second application of this commandment for God's New New Testament people, the church, is honor your elders of your local church. Listen to them. Their primary job is to teach you the word of God and to pray for you. That's Acts chapter 6. Elders' primary job is to teach you, just like the the example from Deuteronomy 6, mother, father, teach in the biological family, which is a huge deal in the Old Testament, New Testament, elders teach the new spiritual kids gathered in this new spiritual family called the church. Jesus is the chief shepherd, elders, under shepherds, an elder's job is to teach and to pray. And if you won't listen to the new spiritual parents of the new spiritual family, local church elders, the whole mission's going to break down. Like, if we can't, if you can't hear what an elder says or pastor says when he opens up God's word and receive it and have a soft heart towards it, our mission will never get anywhere. This is what we have to focus on and pray that the Spirit empowers it with fire, right? Just like Old Testament parents and kids, for the church now, you can't be a light to the world if you won't submit to elders' authority and receive teaching from them on the way you should go. Now, there's a big problem with what I just said. A lot of you have baggage, right? This whole talk of authority and submission, man, that's scary, Because you've been asked to submit to elders in the past, and those elders really screwed it up. Those pastors used their authority maybe as a weapon or a whip. And they sinned. And it was bad. And there was fallout. And the church's mission was harmed. And people in that city looked in and was like, man, if this church can't get along, why would I want to be a Christian? Right? Right? And oftentimes it starts with leaders. And some of you are thinking that as I'm saying, man, like elder, elder, like as dad in the church to teach is a big deal. You're like, but hold on. So many times we've seen this screwed up. Well, the best I think I can do is this. I want you to write these texts down if you never have. Titus chapter 1. 1 Timothy 3, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. Titus chapter 1, 1 Timothy 3, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. And what you will find there is explicit qualifications for what it means to be an elder at this church or any other church where Jesus is cherished and his word is cherished. And I know I can speak for all four of our full elders right now, And any elders in the future, if you even have the slightest hint of wondering if we measure up to these qualities, please come talk to us. If if we're in sin or you sense we're in sin, man, we don't want to get in the way. Like this mission that God has given is a big, big deal. The church on mission operating in purity and love. To be a witness to all of Madison in our context looking in going, I wonder what's up with the Vine Church. If they look in and go, man, it seems like uh, leadership, mm, not sure. Or you guys are looking going, leadership, uh, not sure. Man, we got to talk about that because that's a big deal. That's a big deal, right? We don't want to get in the way. So if you see sin in our lives as elders that disqualifies any of us, according to those texts I just gave you, to lead this church, man, as painful as that might be to hear about it, we got to hear about it. So So if you're sitting there with that posture of suspicion like, man, I want to believe you but I got this baggage, let this land on you. You, The Bible is on your side. Okay? As long as you come with gentleness and then we just get together and talk about it. The simplest way I could say it is this. If Scott, James, David, and I as full elders and any future elders in the future, if we consistently fail to live up to these qualifications, then you should leave our church. It's as simple as that. Because we don't mess around with this calling that we've been received that's so beautiful. Jesus laid down his life for the local church. That's a big deal. We don't want to mess around with our mission. He's given his mission by his spirit to his people in the church. And so if, Elders are not doing a good job. They need to know about it. We need to work it out. But if you look at those qualifications for what it means to be a leader, a spiritual father in the new family of God, and an elder, and you see that that we're qualified, if that's true, then I think after the conviction to submit to the true chief shepherd, right, that's number one. We're, We're submitting collectively to the chief shepherd, all of us. Elders, deacons, city group leaders, Whatever, all of us, the second application point for you would be to have a soft heart towards your elders, pastors, overseers. It's the elders or fathers of the new spiritual family are called to teach the children or the church members. So unity is established in the new family of God when kids or church members, if you can endure the metaphor, listen to parents, elders that teach the Bible. You understand the analogy? So I hope you feel now the connection between Old Testament biological family on mission and now New Testament spiritual family on mission, the church. But let me give us a word just in closing that I think can tie it all together. If if, If you want to talk about honor, honor your father and mother, in the new family of God, the church, or even the biological family now. Here's a great verse for all of us to hang our hat on. Ready? This is from Romans chapter 12, verse 10. And, and Paul's writing to the church in Rome. And he's just giving them things to do that demonstrate that they understand the gospel. So He's basically saying, if you understand the gospel, this is what your life will look like. And he uses the word honor. He says, love one another with brotherly, that family language, see it again? This is a new spiritual family. Love one another with brotherly affection. And here's the deal. Outdo one another in showing honor. So kids to parents, parents to kids, all in the family of God. Single people to roommates, all in the family of God. Bosses to employees, employees to bosses, all in the family of God. Neighbors to other neighbors, all in the family of God. Whatever it is, no matter what, If we're the body of Christ in the church, we should all be in competition with one another. And what's the competition? There's a finish line that says honor. And I'm trying to get there before you for your sake. So when I see Ray back here, I'm saying, man, I want to honor Ray quicker than he can honor me. That's my agenda. So Ray's doing a great job playing the guitar. He's a new dad. He's got a soft heart. He's finishing up Porterbrook. He's done an amazing job for two years. Ray, you're a great man of God. I respect you. Okay? Can you imagine if that kind of conversation just overlapped all the time? Just like this inner web of relationships that are constantly trying to outdo one another and showing honor. How beautiful that would be in our church. You feel that? You feel why why, why Paul would write that to a church in Rome? Brand new church, no one's a Christian yet, hardly in the whole world. And he's saying, you want to look good? You want to be a city on a hill? You want to live long in the land, if you can endure the metaphor? You want to be a light to the nations? Here's how you do it. Outdo one another in showing honor. Parents, kids, kids, parents. Yeah. And here's the deal. We've failed in this. I've failed in this. So we got to remember the gospel at every step, right? We failed in this to honor parents, to honor elders, to elders have screwed up in leadership or whatever. Man, we are free to repent. Why? Because the cross actually happened and the tomb is actually empty so that we can walk in newness of life, but we can't avoid confession. So, like, the words have to come out of our mouth. Yes, I sinned. It's what we do every Sunday. May we never get past this. I mean, we never miss this. I have to confess out of my mouth, I sinned. And now the gospel can do its work as I own it. Lord, I've not honored people as I should. And now we can walk in forgiveness. As He said, yeah, I died for that sin. And I've raised from the dead. So now if you get that, I'm going to empower you by my Spirit to walk in newness of life. So now let's go. Let's go honor some people. Kids, honor your parents. Parents, don't be harsh with your kids. Elders, love those, those 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 church members. Do not be domineering of them, but be an example. All this to say, here's the summary. God's Old Testament passion was for the peace and continuity of this biological family. Children listening and receiving instruction from their parents. Honoring their parents in this way led to their mission moving forward in the world. Same exact thing is true for God's New Testament people. God's passion for his new people, the church, is for peace and continuity of this family. Spiritual children being disciples... By listening to the chief shepherd, chief shepherd, the true dad, Jesus, honoring him, listening and receiving instruction from the under shepherds as well, the elders. Honoring the leaders in this way leads to our mission moving forward in the world. And we bend over backwards to honor one another in the family of God. Let's pray. Father, would you help us Apart from your word and your spirit, we have nothing, and so we just plead with you to bring um, to light the glory of who you are and the glory of who we are in you. May it be so, in Jesus' name, amen.